se encuentra el amor? ¿Dónde se encuentra la pasión? ¿Dónde se encuentra la expresión única? ¿Dónde se encuentra una gran lesbiana? Aquí se encuentra y su nombre es Chevela Vargas. Esto es Historia La Chicuel. Hi, Tanieri. Are we losing you to college soon? What are we going to do without you? Yes, we are. Yes, you when are. are. When are you starting? I'm starting August 21st. <gasps> yeah. Okay. Now, is this the point where you, have you already picked out your classes and stuff? Yeah. I actually had my orientation recently, like this past week, actually. I had my orientation and um, I'm only going to have classes like Tuesday and Thursday, but I'm free for like three days throughout the week. Oh, good. So you're going to, oh, that's, see, that's smart. You're just loading Tuesday and Thursday. Yeah. That's basically. so smart. Um, I, at my college, I went to junior college the first two years of college and one of the classes I was able to take for my credit requirements was aerobics mm. it was a step class truly the dumbest <laughs> waste of money in the world I spent college level community I mean I don't know it was probably like I don't know how much college is now but it was probably $800 for this class wow and because it's through the college but yeah. it's a step class I could have paid To go to a gym for 20 bucks a month, you know? <laughs> yeah. It really offends my um, sense of fairness and what I think things should cost and what I think, think things shouldn't cost. Mm -hmm. Do you have anything? What are your, are you, when you think about college and what are you most excited about? I mean, besides being out of high school, what are you excited about? Like, is there a class that you like, you signed up for and you were like, oh, I can't wait to dig my heels Um, a lot of my classes are just GEs right now. And so I'm not really going to get my foot into actual film classes until like my sophomore year or my junior year. And who, what are your, what kind of, like, are you talking about like biology, math, stuff yeah, like that? Yeah, it's just stuff like that. Math, like um, English, just simple classes uh, just to get my GEs. And there's a specific like uh, classes that I need to take before my major because I'm a pre-film major. But why do you have to take, sorry, <laughs> look, I don't make the rules, but... Why do you have to take math classes to be a film major? That's, that's, yeah, I know. I know. I don't know. Or biology. I know. I don't know why I need that. I know. I don't, I don't. But they told me to take the lowest math class because I don't need it. That's, that's crazy. Yeah. Though. Yeah. Just don't require it. Yeah. There's, there's some, I think this um, college school system requirements need to be, because here's the thing. Yes, we all should learn how to do math. We should all learn how to, like, what a frog's liver looks like, I guess. But at the end of the day, I don't remember that stuff. Yeah. I don't remember any of it. I remember how weird my teachers were. Oh. I remembered my teacher who raised rabbits and how weird I thought that was. I don't remember the stuff from the class, yeah. you know? Yeah, yeah. You understand, you have a basic understanding of how gravity works. You get a basic understanding about how math works. You get a basic understanding about, I don't know, what else do you take classes in? That's it. That's it. But you know what? The class is actually called, um, I forgot what it was called, but it's it's a class where it's called um, Why We Use Math in Today's Reasoning or Today's World or something. You know what? Good. <laughs> Great. That's good. You'll learn how to like, have you ever filed taxes? No. Well, I hope you learn how to do that in okay, class. That you. is that, That's what they should teach. How do you file your taxes? How do you do your car registration? How do you get your oil changed? Mm -hmm. How to find out when someone, do you, you know, I don't know what else you need to look. I don't remember being that young. Yeah. I just remember car insurance, registration. 
That's it. That's it. <laughs> Get your teeth clean once a year if you can. Twice if you can. Uh, twice if you can. Yeah. Twice if you can. Okay. Tinnery, have you ever heard the phrase, well-behaved women seldom make history? No. Okay. Well, it's my favorite phrase. And there is a theme with a lot of the women that we're talking about on this podcast. And it's not just that they've accomplished amazing feats despite the time that they lived in or that these accomplishments were buried. A lot of these women were punished for acting like men. Mm. And that's what kind of what that that saying is about. It's part of the logic of misogyny in that patriarchy doesn't work if everyone doesn't play their part. So if someone says, oh, you act too much like a man or you're a tomboy, that means you're doing something right because you're dismantling the patriarchy by not fitting into a gender role. Mm -hmm. So it's something I just want to keep in mind when we talk about how shitty this time is. There's a lot of holidays right now during the summer that are reminders of the stuff we're doing wrong and things we don't really need to be celebrating because we're doing things absolutely wrong as a country. And as a time, this may seem very shitty, but I want to talk about our subject today and talk about someone who was not well-behaved and who made history in such, made such a splash in history. And I want to talk about Chavela Vargas who is someone I am just absolutely enamored with. Are you ready to dig up a legacy, Tenery? I'm ready. Okay, great. Nineteen nineteen Costa Rica. It was a terrible time to be a young lesbian. Oh (laughs) there's so many things I think we'd be hard-pressed to find a time when it was a fantastic time to be a young lesbian, except maybe Wonder Woman's hometown of Paradise Island. Might be the one place where you're, like, born into a situation where it's easy, you know? Mm -hmm. It's not easy for anybody, but I bet it would be easy to be a lesbian on Paradise Island. So Isabel Vargas Lozano was born into this time and knew at age eight that she liked girls. She knew it instantly. And um, she had this to say about her sexuality. She said, What hurts isn't being a homosexual. It's that people throw it in your face as if it were a plague. This, what she went through, her family was so embarrassed by the fact that she acted so much like a boy that they hid her from friends and family during gatherings. Now, this is Costa Rica, very conservative, very Catholic, and it's 1919. Mm Mm-hmm. Basically, if you were gay or lesbian, you just didn't get to exist. You had to you had to fit in or or because it was illegal. Yeah. It was illegal. And Chavela, who which is a nickname for Isabel, famously said about her family uh, that her parents never loved her. And so when they divorced, she was sent to live with her uncles. And I guess that was a bad situation because she said that she hopes that they burn in hell. So basically, th- this This bitch didn't have anybody on her side. (laughs) Nobody. So it's no shock that she needed a way out. And that way out was Mexico City. I did a Google map search from Costa Rica to Mexico City. And in today's time, going today's speed limits, that would be a 38-hour bus ride. Oh, wow. She did this in 1919 when there was like coal-fired cars and buses. (laughs) Like going like 10, 15 miles an hour. I can't imagine how long it took 
her to get there, but she did it. And she started singing on the street for money, just pouring her heart into the streets and people's ears. And, um, but she was doing something uh, that she thought she had to do, which she was, even though she didn't want to, she was dressing very femme. She was wearing dresses. She was wearing her hair down. She was singing on the street and people were basically ignoring her. Mm -hmm. Now, when she started embracing herself and being absolutely true to who she is, she started wearing trousers and a poncho, and she started singing traditionally male rancheras. She was rewarded for it. Her career absolutely took off because they saw this person who is gender bending, mm-hmm. who was being bold and outside of the box, and she was part of this burgeoning counterculture in Mexico City in the 1930s and 40s. Wow. Can you even imagine something like that? No, I cannot. The amount of bravery it would take to do something so bold. This And this was, by the way, it took her to her late 20s, early 30s to do this. And I think this is a good lesson because a lot of times we... We hear about these women, they're very young, they're very passionate, they get out there and do stuff, they have no choice but to be exactly who they are. It took her a while. It took her a while to figure mm-hmm. that out. Yeah. And I don't know if you have any ideas about why that might be um, in 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 that, in that uh, kind of conservative, repressive culture of taking it. I, look, I grew up in the South. Mm-hmm. I grew up in a very conservative place. I had gender roles that I was expected to be in. I was made fun. I used to wear, I talk about this a lot, but I used to wear denim on denim. <laughs> oh, wow. I wore denim button downs, ties, and jeans. It's not a good look. That's a fashion crisis right there. Oh, <laughs> an emergency. It was a cry for help. But I was experimenting with gender and what I was expected yeah. to wear. And it, it, I was not rewarded for it. So I can't imagine. And it crushed me. I can't imagine someone during this time be, being like, I I can't be anyone else. Yeah. And, and how long it takes to erase the damage and the um, hurt and all the stuff that the societal rules had had placed on her. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, I understand. So, I also think it's good to become successful when you're when you're in your late twenties, early thirties. Because if you become successful too early in life, you turn into an asshole. That's that's true. Because you that's think true. that's like the way it's supposed to be. Yeah, you gotta you gotta work a little bit. Yeah. <laughs> so she, because she was wearing pants, people were scandalized when she would do. TV performances on Mexican television, they would shoot her from the waist up not to, so they wouldn't offend conservative Catholic audiences. Can you imagine being upset by pants? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Do you know who else was shot from the waist up? Who? Do you, can, do you know another singer who maybe from the 50s was shot from the waist up? Who was, people were worried that he was too sexy? Elvis? Yes. Yeah. <laughs> Same thing. Yeah. But Elvis was actually like grinding. Yeah. He was air gr- he was bumping and grinding the air. Yeah. Mm-hmm. She was just wearing pants. Yeah, that's that's I don't know, that's crazy. Crazy. Yeah. Do you remember the last thing that you were upset about that you were like, that was dumb? That was actually I I shouldn't have been upset about that. I shouldn't have a um 
Honestly, it's been a. Uh, it's been I a, feel like you don't get mad. I don't get mad. It takes a while to get me mad. How long do you think it takes? A month to get me mad? Yeah. Um. How much do you have to needle you to get you upset? To get me mad, it would have to be like. Um, are you gonna throw that glass at me? No. <laughs> <laughs> I'll show you how to get angry. <laughs> no. Um. I think like if I were to tell you something and then if you were to repeatedly do it over and over and over and over, then I would be like, okay, dude, what's going on? <laughs> but then you wouldn't be like, please stop or I'm going to hit you in the face. Oh, no, no. I'll just be like, hey, like what's going on? <laughs> Are you a pacifist in general? Oh, what's that? Pacifist is like someone who doesn't think violence solves anything. So you're just basically like everything can be fixed with love and understanding and patience. A little bit. Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah. Good. You yeah. know what? Good. <laughs> Good. I'm currently in a fight with the shirt company Untuck It. Do you know what that is? No. It's a shirt company. With the name of the company is exactly what you do with the shirt. You don't tuck it in. Oh. And so I'm in a fight with them online because I think that their shirts are dumb. And also all their women's shirts mm -hmm. are tucked in on their website. So women have to tuck their shirts in, but guys don't on the Untuck It site. I, I can't. That makes no sense. Look, I, every once in a while... This is not your attitude, but it is mine. You have to pick a fight with someone that doesn't matter. Because <laughs> you might be able to win. Big fights, immigration reform, equal pay, abortion rights. Mm -hmm. Those take a long time. Yeah. Winning a fight with Untuck It, it's a short fight. It's a short fight. Yeah. <laughs> Just remember that when you need to like get something off yeah. your chest. So this is all to say... Having someone on TV wearing pants who's a woman is, to me, not very scandalous, but it was during this time. And she was doing a lot of stuff that was really putting a middle finger up to gender expectations. I want you to hear her song. Uh, this is her rendition of uh, La Llorena. Do you know this? Do you know the, who Llorena is? La, oh, yes, I do. Actually. Yes. yes. Okay. So everything she did put a middle finger up to gender. She also, because she was singing standards, uh, uh, rancheras, she, which technically or usually have horns and, you know, they're big, like, set pieces for a lot of different instruments, she stripped them all bare. And it was just her voice and a guitar. Mm. And she brought it down to the soul of the song. And so I want you to hear her rendition of La Llorena. Also, I have a speech impediment in Spanish <laughs> because I can't roll my R's, so I apologize in advance for the way that I'm going to butcher a lot of these words. But do you know, do you know Yorena? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So we'll talk about her when we're done. que tienen las flores llorona las flores del campo santo no sé qué tienen las flores llorona las flores del campo santo que cuando las mueve el viento llorona parece que están llorando que cuando las mueve el viento llorona parece que están llorando. I mean, she's crying with her voice. De mi llorona. 
here's what she said about her voice. What a voice, by the way. Yeah. Full of everything yeah. that she's been through. She said in an interview about her career later, I've always had the same voice. I don't need machines to help me sing. I sing because I sing, and I sing truthfully. Nothing interferes. I feel like that's a... I'm extrapolating here, but I feel like that's a dig on basically anyone who works in the entertainment industry or music industry. Except maybe Lady Gaga. I don't think she puts... Do you think she puts stuff on her voice? Mm. Do you think she puts effects on her voice? You know what? Sometimes, yeah. Some In some songs, you feel like it's affected? Yeah. But we know... At the end of the day, she can belt it out. Yes. She does not lip sync. That's what she, she does. She does not lip sync. Yes. Who's your favorite female singer right now? Lady Gaga. Oh, yes. wow. Look at that. <laughs> okay, so what's your favorite? What song does she sing where you feel like you see her heart? Where you listen to it and you're like, that is Lady Gaga. Okay, so a lot of her songs from her previous albums were are more like like pop and everything. But if it has to like her voice comes out and everything, it would have to be from her recent, um, the movie A Star is Born. Mm-hmm. And it would probably be around, like, um, it would probably be, Here I think go. it was called I Will Always Remember You or something like that. And I, I will yes. always remember you. Okay. It's um, <laughs> not, I, I'll Never Love Again. There you go. Oh my God. I was thinking of Whitney Houston over here. So dramatic. Yeah. Well, do you know what La Llorona is about? No. Was okay, well, what do you think? It, do you know the, the lore? Yeah, I know okay. that, that the La Llorona. I know what that's like. What, what is what is it? Is, was so, it used to scare you as a child? No. Okay. But I would actually... Okay, so there's this thing where they say, like, if you were to say her name, like, three times in the mirror, and, like, you turn off the light, like, Candy three times, man. like that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, so I would try to new. I would try to do that. I would try to do that to like call her out or something. And what would you can you just do let's do a reenactment. So the lights are off. And how would you give me the your best like okay. how you conjure this spirit? Well all you got I, I It won't work because there's no mirrors in Yeah, there. but all you have to do is say her name three times, like Layarona, 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 and that was it. But I think that's how you do it. I don't know if there's another way. But, okay. But how I, creepy would it have been if that she showed up right there? I know. <laughs> so, okay, for those of you who aren't familiar with um, the lore of this poor woman. She was mad at her husband slash lover and then drowned their children in the river. Mm-hmm. And in Texas, she's used to threaten bad children. Oh, if you're bad, uh, Laronia is going to come drown you at night. Yeah. It's yeah. a violent threat. Now, the thing is, is that um, now, feminist Chicana scholars now think that it is actually a song about rejecting the patriarchy and your role as a woman, as someone who is expected to have the children, take care of the children, and then be absolutely walked all over by your husband who's constantly cheating on you. Wow. So it's a it's a throwing away of your expectations, mm-hmm. which I think is a rad interpretation. Now, when um, Chavela sang it, it was about... Her girlfriend, Frida Kahlo. <gasps> Frida, I know about her. Oh yeah, I've heard what, of her. What do you What do you know about her? Do you know anything in particular? No, I. Do just, you know I, she has eyebrows? Yes, that's the only thing I know. <laughs> the moment you said it, which Chavela described as a swallow in mid-flight. Oh wow! Which I was like, wait, you have beautiful words for her unibrow. <laughs> You're transcending everything I know about how amazing a human being can be. 
So she met Frida at Frida's house. She was invited to a party there and truly, truly fell in love. This is what she said about Frida Kahlo when she met her for the first time. She said, I was still very much a young girl, yet I knew I could love this person with the most devoted love in the world, the most ardent love in the world. I mean, this. <laughs> so here's the thing. She was bold and brash and brave, and she was saying these things about a famous artist. She was unafraid to love her, unafraid to be known as mm-hmm. a lover of many women. She was singing traditional songs and not changing the pronouns. Mm -hmm. She would sing in concerts to women with that passion, singing to women like that. And people, she never got arrested. She never got in trouble. And this was back in like 1990, right? No. No. This was in the fucking 40s. 40s. And 50s. And she was famous in Mexico. She was famous. And despite all the reasons she shouldn't be, she was. And she was also playing resorts and that's how she got involved with Hollywood. And then Hollywood started integrating them into their system. And she actually sang at Elizabeth Taylor's wedding. And who knows to which person, I don't really care, but one of her, <laughs> one of the trash men she married. And by the way, I will say that about, there was, it was slim pickings back then. So it's not like you could marry somebody great. Um, she famously, this is, this is allegedly, but at Elizabeth Taylor's wedding, Woke up next to Ava Gardner. She was sleeping with everybody's wife. <laughs> wow. She was sleeping with dignitaries' wives. She was sleeping with celebrity uh, women. She was fucking everybody <laughs> in the world, okay? She also, thank God, because the men that these women were involved with were true monsters. Ava Gardner actually had her jaw broken by Howard Hughes, who she was dating at the time. And she got, I mean, she's a badass, but she, so he hit her in the fucking face and broke her jaw. And she took an ashtray made out of obsidian, which is a heavy ass stone. And she smashed it over his head and she thought she had killed him. Wow. She didn't, but that's the kind of shit these women were dealing with. Yeah. Smashed it over his head and she thought she had killed him. Wow. She didn't, but that's the kind of shit these women were dealing with. Yeah. So you have a woman who is powerful, who is confident, who is making love to you with her words, mm-hmm. suddenly in your orbit, yeah, <laughs> you're going to fuck her. <laughs> so she was doing, she was, she was, and, and she was, as I mentioned earlier in the podcast, the theme I want to talk about, living like a man. Mm-hmm. She was all over the place with fucking women, as I mentioned. She was smoking cigars. She was wearing a poncho on stage. She was carrying a gun. um, And she was drinking like crazy. She was truly doing something that really, really bad to her body. 
So she had a raging alcohol problem, and then Frida Kahlo died, and she started to spiral. It was so bad that she started missing gigs. And now, since she was hurting these clubs' business, Mm -hmm. all of a sudden, the male owners were like, I got a problem with you sleeping with my wife. It wasn't a problem when you were making me money, but now I got a problem. Wow. She lost all of her gigs. Mm -hmm. And she became homeless. And she still had a drinking problem. Yeah. And here's the lesson about fame. And you have to learn this because you're going to be a very famous director one day. Okay? (laughs) Yes. And you're going to be... You're going to be in the hills and you're going to be, you know, driving a Bentley or whatever mm-hmm. you want to be driving. Fame, when you hit rock bottom like this, your friend, you find out who your friends are. And she didn't have any. Yeah. She had nobody. They thought she was dead. There were people who were like, they were like, you know, smoke. You know how they used to smoke cigarettes on the long smoking sticks back then? Oh, yes, yeah. Yeah. They were like having one of those like, if you go to Mexico, bring a rose and put it on Chavela's grave if you see her. They were, nobody cared. They thought she was fucking dead. So who did care? An indigenous family in Mexico who did not know who she was and nursed her back to health. She also had the help of a shaman. She was deep into Mayan mythology. And so she found this Mayan shaman and that person helped her stop drinking and quit smoking. Mm -hmm. So strangers, essentially. Now, this was 50, so that was in the 70s when all that went down. Now it's the 90s, and honey, she's back, mm-hmm. and she's sober, and she is ready to fucking sing again. Mm-hmm. She, not only that, okay, so the whole time, so, okay, in the 50s, 40s and 50s, when she was, 60s, when she was carving out her career, when she was really on top of her game, she wasn't hiding her sexuality, but she wasn't calling it out. And that was kind of the the thin line you had to draw back then as somebody who was presenting so masculine or if you're a man, feminine. Because of the culture in, in Mexico at that time, if it was a man presenting female opposite of what she was doing, mm-hmm. I'm not sure it would have worked. Because in really, really masculine societies mm-hmm. and in this country— Homophobia is a fear of the feminine. Yeah. So if you're a woman and you're putting on a little man hat, of course people are going to be like, don't act like a man. Yeah. But they're going to also be like, oh, isn't it adorable that you're trying? Mm-hmm. And when you're a woman acting, so so it's you get a little bit more of a pass. Yeah. But if you're a man acting like, quote unquote, a woman. Yeah, you get more hatred than women. I have noticed that as well. Yeah. Do you have anybody? Do you, do you feel that feel like that just in media and like what you see? Um, I, I actually see that like I would see that in high school. Um, So I would see I have friends that are gay. And so I would notice that like the kids in the back would like make fun of like the gay kid every time he would stand up or something. What would they say? They would just like. They would say like the like they would say f- and stuff <gasps> like that. Yeah, they would say stuff like that. Yeah. I have another question for you about school. First of all, did what was the what were the repercussions? Was anybody Nothing. Get, nobody got Nothing. in trouble? No. Um. So, on that note, did you have sex ed in high school? Um, I took a health class ninth grade, and that was it. That was it. That was it. And you learned about periods and sex, and that was it. That was it. Yeah, ninth grade. No mention of um. LGBTQ sexual oh, no. No. nothing no. in California. Yeah, nothing. I think this is very important for you to talk about. I'm glad you're bring. I'm glad you're open to talking about this honestly because 
people think of California as a very progressive state. Yeah. And it's just not the case, especially in our school systems. Mm -hmm. The fact that you have, um, like, your friends who are gay in your school and they're not even being taught what— it's bad all the way around to not be taught about your body, but it's doubly bad when you are queer and no one's telling you what the fuck is going on. Yeah. And you got to figure it out on, on, all on your own, basically. From the internet, which yeah. who wants to do that? Yeah. <laughs> well, I mean, I don't even know what to say. It's so disgusting. And it's something that, do you ever think about integrating, like when you think about film and what kind of film you want to make, do you feel, do you, do you feel any sort of way about the stories you want to tell? Uh, what do you mean? Well, like what, like what draw, what draws you to film and want to make film? Is there like a movie or a movement or anything that you're particularly like passionate about that you're like, I want to make that. I want to make a movie like um, that. Um, I know. I've actually I've always wanted to make a movie about like the LGBTQ community. I've always I have a notebook where I, I keep like notes about what kind of movies I want to make in the future, and one of them or a few of them is about like the LGBTQ, and I it's because. I know that fictional I, or documentary. Uh, fictional, Great. because there's no movies like that for us. There's no. Well, movies. there's Dear Simon. Yeah, but that's about <laughs> that's about it. Which is also like the romanticized version of a place that doesn't exist. Like this progressive. I guess that's Oakland. I don't know Oakland or San Francisco yeah. or <laughs> somewhere where everyone's just super duper progressive. But I actually don't even think that's true everywhere there. Yeah. Yeah, and I, I I've just wanted to always make a movie like that because, um, yeah, we just we just we don't have any, and yeah. Well, let me tell you who has never made a movie about her life is Javela Vargas because she has a documentary about her that you should definitely watch. It mm -hmm. is so, so heartbreaking. But someone like this who is an icon who is a queer icon and the queer community in Mexico know about her, but nobody else does. Mm -hmm. Nobody knows about her. I mean, that's not true. Nobody in America, I would think, unfortunately, when you come, when it comes to queer stories and queer, the queer history, it's all about Stonewall. It's all about Harvey Milk. Yeah. It's about stuff that happened in America. Mm -hmm. We don't often hear stories about what has happened in other countries and these people who have broken these barriers. And here's the other thing. So she's, so she's, it's the nineties, right? Which is a time where it's a little more acceptable to be um, out and proud. And she is on fire with her career. Her career is back. She is burning, breaking down barriers. And now she's being more vocal about being a part of the queer community, but she's still not technically, if you want to check a box of like, she came out, hasn't done that yet. Oh, uh -huh. She did want to be a role model and make things easier for her, her word, different people who came after her, her. And she was also at this time really lifted up by Pedro Almodovar, who started using all of her music in his films. And he's a gay filmmaker from Spain. Are you familiar with I him? I am not. Okay, you should watch his work. You'll be very inspired by it. If you want to make movies about uh, uh, queer, queer narratives, he's absolutely one of the people to put on your list. He said this of Chavela's energy and singing style. He said, she absolved you of all your sins. Then she encouraged you to commit them again. I mean, I, I, I just love it. It's this, it's a perfect summation of what she's doing. Now, 
Because in the first act of her career, she couldn't really come out as a lesbian Mm -hmm. because she could act like a lesbian. But she couldn't come out. But she had to deny that she was, and she could do things in secret, but she couldn't say. So at 81 years old, Mm -hmm. she finally says, yes, I am a lesbian. At 81 years old. (laughs) I want to end with this quote about her sexuality and the time that she came up in. I had to fight against so many things, fight against the current. I had to fight all of them to make something of myself, to triumph. She knew that then. She knew that when she came out at 81. And she kept that fire in her voice and that passion in her voice of just being 100% exactly who she is. And it's a great lesson for anybody. This is not just a story about being um, queer and being unapologetic about it. This is a story for everyone to, no matter where you think you fit in on the spectrum or wherever you think you are in society, fuck it. You got to be exactly Mm -hmm. who you are. And in her case, absolutely rewarded for it. Yeah. Absolutely rewarded for it. Mm -hmm. It's refreshing. And the amount of people that she was an icon for, you can't even put into words how immeasurable that is to see if you're a young queer person at home in Mexico City watching TV and you see a woman with her hair pulled back with no makeup on presenting like a man that's the the amount of good that does is immeasurable yeah now she was singing at 83 she played Carnegie Hall Mm -hmm. which is incredible and she performed until her death which was on August 5th 2012 at 92 years old She was an incredible person who we should not only not forget, but remember every single day. And I think it's time, Tenery, right now that we, it's the time of the show where we give our young listeners some hot tips on slipping some cool facts about Chavela Vargas into (laughs) casual teen scenarios. Are you ready to do this? I'm ready. Okay, so you know how this goes. I've written some scenarios that you'll never find yourself in, but I think you might because I don't okay. understand teens. And you're going to read the responses to that. Scenario one, your friend is into scrunchies. You'll, you'll recognize some of these because you told me about some of these things. Did you tell me about scrunchies? No. no. Okay. Your friend's into scrunchies. And the one she has is a very ugly green purple glittery one, but she uses it anyway. Here's what you say to her. Hey, Trundle, my friend, I know you're putting your hair up to get it off your neck in this 100-degree weather, but you look like the famous Mexican ranchera singer Chavela Vargas. She changed the game by stripping the songs down to just voice and guitar. That was brilliant. And see, you just it's casual. It's the way you talk. Mm-hmm. It's how you talk to your friends. It's yeah. super-duper-like. Yeah. I've know. been in this situation before. <laughs> <laughs> okay, scenario two. You and a friend are swimming for fun. Now, I don't understand this. Some parents, I did a thing on Instagram where I asked people like, hey, do you have a teen? What do they do? And someone wrote swimming for fun. When do you not swim oh, you for know fun? What? You know what? What I is was, this about? I was here when you were, you were uh, talking about this. You were talking about this. Yeah. What? I mean, is it swimming not for fun when you're being stalked by a shark? I don't understand. Anyway, let's just go with it. You're swimming, but you're not just swimming. You're swimming for fun, mm-hmm. for enjoyment. And you accidentally swallow a little chlorinated water, and it's disgusting. This is what you tell your friend. Ugh, if this is this gross, can't you imagine how disgusting alcohol is? And I can't believe Chavela Vargas ruined her career with it. Now, that's not victim blaming. That's just stating the fact. And I just want to say, at this point in the pool, I would dive in. Splash! 
Okay. And then I would give a little lesson. So I would say, hey, y'all, listen. And by the way, I'm in an old bathing suit. Yeah. Where the crotch is hanging down like a hammock. Like I don't, I don't buy bathing suits very often. Hey, y'all, listen, a little word for your 20s. This is future advice. Mm-hmm. Weed, not booze, okay? Because booze makes you an asshole and impairs your vision and makes your joints inflamed. And weed just makes samsara emotionally overwhelming. If you haven't seen the movie Samsara, please do it. It's a crazy movie. So it's a movie that's shot on Panavision 65 millimeter film. And it is so vibrant and so detailed. And you should not, if, if you smoke weed or eat weed or whatever, don't eat, eat weed. Yeah, if you eat weed, <laughs> you should... Probably not do that and watch this movie because it will be emotionally intense. It's Mm -hmm. too colorful and it's too, and it goes from like very nice, calm Tibetan monk sand paintings to pigs being slaughtered. Mm -hmm. So that's the only downside for me of doing marijuana. Mm -hmm. Drinking is full of, full of downsides. Yeah. So I'm just saying if you're going to do drugs in your 20s, Pick the one that's not going to make you a jerk or die. Yeah. That's my point. And then I get out of the pool. Yeah. <laughs> and then you guys can listen or not. It doesn't matter. I'm, I'm gone at that point. Yeah. I'm already at the hot dog stand yeah. in a hot dog with a bathing suit. Okay. Scenario three. Someone on Riverdale has died. Betty, Veronica, Jughead, Valerie, Donna, Bunny, Jojo, Davey, Guy. I don't know. I don't want, I don't watch this. I don't want, I know that someone died. That's someone all I died. know. Okay. Do you watch the show? I, I haven't seen I haven't seen the new season, but I did watch the show. Are point. any of these names accurate? Yes. The first four? Yes. And that's it. And the rest There's no one named Jojo? I don't know. Okay. <laughs> well, so then when they die, they whisper to the doctor, How exactly is this show tied to the Archie Comics series? I don't understand. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so of course you understand because you watch the show and it just makes perfect sense no, to you. No, I don't get how it's connected. Do you either. know that this is a comic book series? Yeah, and I don't get how they're connected. There is no connection. There's no connection in the storyline or anything. So here's what you say to, you scream this at the TV. So the, 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 the line that JoJo has said in <laughs> Riverdale is, how exactly is this show tied to the RG comics? I don't understand. Eh. And then you respond. You know what would have been a better line? Chevela Vargas, dying words. I leave with Mexico in my heart. I mean, you're not wrong. You're not wrong about that. Tenere, thank you so much for lending your mind, your soul, mm-hmm. your smarts, your enthusiasm, all of it mm-hmm. to you. today's show. History of the Sheeple is built on the backs of amazing dead women who created the opportunities you have today. Produced by Cody Fisher. Engineered by Ryan Connor. Researched by Alex Everhart. If you want to follow her, you can go to at Alex Icon Devil. Spanish help from Janixa Bravo. And this episode was hosted by Aaron and Tenery. You can follow Tenery on T-A-N-I-A-R-Y Robles, R-O-B-L-E-S 12 on Instagram or T-A-N-I-A-R-Y R-O-B-L-E-S on Twitter. Al final te pones me llamo Chanela Vargas no se les olvide. Adiós.